we don't know what episode it is, which isn't shocking, but we are going to tell you what we're drinking today. And it's not me that's the bartender. Isn't that right, Courtney? Correct. So as you know, we have been drinking things like coffee. We have been drinking water so that we can stay hydrated. One of the things we are not drinking, beer. With that being said, it's time for the holidays. So I made an amazing holiday punch. Now, our listeners should also understand that you, Kate, didn't agree with me making the holiday punch. You said that people don't drink punch. You think that this is an old school mentality. However, I busted out the punch and the punch has been a big hit. So let's talk about it. Yeah, it has a fifth of Southern Comfort, a mm-hmm. can of pineapple juice, a can of grapefruit juice, a bottle of Prosecco, and a bottle of Sprite. I will say, oh, and then you take cranberries and then you put it in a, in a mold and you put an ice mold and so then it's real pretty. And you took a picture of it because it is pretty, but not only is it pretty, it tastes really good. The only modification for those of you out there getting ready to have a holiday party like I did, the only modification out there would be I would either do two bottles of Prosecco in there or I would fill up a glass of Prosecco and then top it off with the punch because it is a little bit sweet, but it's my mentor, Margaret Longo's recipe. And every year she would have everyone to her house. She would make this holiday punch. So I was just modeling what I've learned from my mentor. And I'm hoping that you now are being more respectful of the holiday punch. You didn't hate it. I did. No, I didn't hate it. Did you say you added Southern comfort in there? Cause I don't think you did when you just gave your list of ingredients. Yes, I started with it. A fifth okay. Southern comfort. Okay. Not a, handle, not a handle. A fifth. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fifth. Sorry. <laughs> There's a difference. Listen, yeah. She also brought out this like cranberry ice mold, which it first looked like a jello mold. <laughs> and I thought you were putting jello in your punch. Oh, it, it was very cute. I will say very festive. It was very good. This whole topic of conversation got brought up because I said, here's some drinks you should make. And she said, are you kidding me? I'm not making these. And then I said, what about mold like wine, spiced wine? You know, at Cooper's Hawk, they have the winter white and winter red. And you put it in like a little crock pot and you drink it. And First of all, Courtney thought it was disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. I think that's really gross. And who knows? I've had winter white before. I didn't know you were even supposed to do that. So I feel like I never really got the experience that I should have been receiving from that Cooper's Hawk, who, again, should be sponsoring us, but keep going. Yeah. And that was the other thing. We talked, I talked to your guests at your party, which were all very nice, and they all like spice wine. I took a poll in the basement. <laughs> yes. And Neighbor Carrie was here. We know that she is a diehard podcast listener. Shout out to you, Carrie. We appreciate you. And she also thought that Cooper's Hawk should be sponsoring us. I would like everyone to know that sometimes when you come to a party, people bring different things. I would like everyone to know what you brought for me to my party. And it's called Colon Broom. That's right, everyone. Kate decides to show up at my holiday party. And most people bring things like a bottle of Prosecco, which she did as well, but she couldn't stop there. She also brought me the dietary supplement, colon broom. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I did. Not for me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I wanted you to have it because it works good. And 
everybody out there, I am going to also sponsor them right now because it's really good for you. And it's not going to make you, you know, have to run to the bathroom. If you're hearing this, and you're worried. That's about what I'm worried about. Not, <laughs> not going to. You need to stop that. Okay. okay. We're over that. This is what else we need to talk about today. So if you go on Amazon right now and you're listening and you type in unsupervised leadership book, our book is not only ready and available to order, but our image for our front cover is uploaded. And I've never been happier. It is? Yes, it is. Came on this morning, 8.01 a.m. No way. Oh my gosh, everyone. I got to go look at this right now. Okay, keep talking because I have to go look at this. This is on Amazon? Yes, our, our image is uploaded to our book. I cannot even believe this. All of our listeners need to get out there and they need to look at this. It yes. is. Oh I my know. gosh. Look at how great we look. We look this, awesome. I, I will tell you, this is actually happening for us. But one of the things that we've been talking about is writing a second book, which mm. makes total sense because book one was based on season one of unsupervised leadership. We now have seasons two, three, and four. Think of all the incredible guests that we would be able to compile into a second book. But I know that you have an idea already about what the second book title should be. What is it? I have have a lot of ideas. I have what our image is going to look like, what we're going to wear in the image, and the title. So everyone, if you're listening to this, which you should be, we are going to write a second book. And the title is going to be Someone Should Supervise Us. <laughs> and it's going to be a different spin on what we do in book one. But we've already got a lot of really good material for book two. There's no doubt that, yeah. it Or maybe it's going to be called We Should Be Supervised. Yeah, that's true too. We can poll people if they think that we should have to turn in what we're going to say and stuff to other people. <laughs> yeah, well, there. I think that anybody that has the opportunity to listen to the podcast or to work with either of us are like, okay, there might be some truth to that. Although it is time for Spotify's Unwrapped, which Unwrapped is kind of the, I don't know, the overview of the past year of the podcast. So this time last year, we were rated one of the top 10% of education podcasts on Spotify. This year though, we are the number one podcast for hundreds of people, the top five podcasts for uh, an additional hundreds of people, and top 10 podcasts. So I don't even think that we are, we can't even say that we're top 10% anymore. For hundreds of people, we're either the top one, two, three, four, or five yeah. podcast that they actually listen to, which is just crazy, isn't it? It's, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, you did. I said, you speak into the world. It was like our vision board. And you know what else we did this week that we should talk about is that I had the opportunity to present at the ladies who lead and learn Lori Cristofero, Abir Othman, shout out to those two incredible leaders in Illinois. And you joined me and we were able to talk about our book promote our book. That was just a really great vibe of women being together. I I find that the more that we are out there and talking about this, there is a movement that is happening in a really positive direction, don't you think? 
Yes. It's so nice to be able to go and meet other females that are in education that want to take different positions to help kids, to help people. It was a very humbling experience. I loved it. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Well, of course you're always invited to where I'm going. And I also had sent you an article this week that I feel like it's very timely, but before we get to that article, everyone don't forget bath and body works. Today is candle day. Also don't forget today is the target gift card day, which you didn't know about. I did not know. I did not know. Educators should know about this. Everyone target gift card day. You can buy up to $500 worth of gift cards at target today and get 10% off. So technically you're only paying 450 and you can get $500 worth of gift cards. That's what I have always done for both of my kids' teachers because teachers love going to Target. They love Target gift cards. So that's a really great deal. Again, we're here for all of these things for our listeners to help support you. Yeah, we are here for, we're here for everybody. Okay. That's, we're all inclusive. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Okay. Are you ready? Let's talk about this article. So Courtney sent me an article. Um, and this is rare, actually, everyone should know we are actually recording on Saturday morning before we drop this episode, which is different. But so she sends me this Ed Week article and it says teachers aren't burnt out. They are being set up to fail. It's an opinion article. And for all of you educators out there listening, really, we're going to repost the article to our Twitter page and Instagram too. It talks about how teachers, they feel burnt out, but not because they're not passionate about their job or that they don't want to be with kids. It's because they don't have the resources to help support them throughout the day. And it talks a lot about how um, before the school year even starts or before they even have kids walk in their classroom, they have kids with some higher needs and they have... um, some resources they can't get to, which I totally agree with, with a teacher shortage, there's a lot of people that you can't hire right now to be able to meet the needs or support all of the needs in a school. Post COVID, I think as a principal, I've seen a lot more behaviors with kids. I've seen a lot more social emotional regulation or emotional regulation needed for kids. And a lot of this is talking about, we need more maybe support staff or more supports in place for kids, but because it's new, we haven't been able to get a grasp on it yet. And I don't disagree with it. I really don't. Yeah, I don't either. And I think everyone should take a look at the article. I also would draw your attention to the subtitle, which said, instead of scapegoating teachers, focus on the lousy school systems, ignorant officials, or out of touch administrators. That right there is clickbait. So I'm going to say that because I, I would argue that some teachers legitimately are just burnt out and it's not a result of those three things however um could you take some of these three things and extrapolate them into different systems of course i think that you could absolutely do that but the author is a new york times best-selling author of get this the book is the teachers a year inside america's most vulnerable important profession that i agree with I think education is the most vulnerable. I think it is the most important, but I, I mean, this is a recent article in ed week that had come out. Actually it dates back to may, but if I think that educators should read it and we would love for you to chime in on this, it would be great to get this particular author on the pod, Kate. It would be good. Yeah, really would. I, I just, I, when I read it, 
I feel like it doesn't blame anybody specifically, which is what I really liked about the article. It talked Mm -hmm. about the ever evolving or ever changing need of kids right now in schools and how we, you know, have done things the way we've always done them. It's the most dangerous sentence in education. Like, well, we've always only had, you know, this many support staff or this type of learning program or this type of schedule. So we don't want to change those things because it makes people feel uncomfortable. And so let's keep doing it and not talking about it and ignoring it. And then hoping that this teacher shortage goes away. Correct. And I was just in a school district yesterday, incredible group of teachers, about 40 people. And I said, anonymously, I did my Mentimeter poll and said, I'm taking care of myself mentally and emotionally. And there were 12 out of 40 people in the room that strongly disagreed with that statement. And when the results populated, teachers in the room were like, wow. I said, yeah, because the average doesn't matter. What matters is the people in this room that you're working with every single day and that you have the opportunity to work with, you should know that people in the room, probably the person sitting next to you is feeling that way. And no one really gives credence to it or talks about it. Teaching is very, very hard. I will say though, too, that yesterday I was on a tangent about picking up the phone and calling a parent. You know, parents feeling, I've talked to several parents in school systems feeling disconnected, feeling very upset. And part of that is a communication issue. It takes five minutes to pick up the phone. I always think it's better to pick up that phone than to send an email. You send an email, you can't hear someone's tone, their intention. It just sends so many mixed messages. But again, you know, some teachers will say, well, I don't wanna do that because I've been burned in the past. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but always thinking we're gonna do things the way we've always done them. I would hope that school systems everywhere across this country are like, no, we should be doing what's good for individual kids. It's okay to do something different for an individual child, whether they be a pre-K kid or seniors in high school. Again, individualization matters. That also matters though for teachers. Not all teachers are the same. Yeah, it should be okay. I really do think that people are afraid to... I don't actually know why they're afraid, but I think people are afraid to say out loud, it's okay. I mean, I'm not because I'm unsupervised. (laughs) Of course, right. You know, if a staff member comes to me and says, I'm doing this in my class and I know it's different, but my kids need it. And here's how I know that. I'm like, amen. Good for you. I love that. But if another teacher is like, I'm not doing that because my kids are past that or they don't need that or they are already engaged in a different whatever it might be. I'm like, okay, that's great too. live your best life. Like we need part of that, though, comes from it's not people's unwillingness to change. It's the fear of change. Mm -hmm. Most most adults don't like change. Kids can adapt way better than many, many adults because we're creatures of habit. But having great leaders who are unsupervised and give you the permission to be able to make really great decisions or to think about something differently, to go in a different direction, I think that we certainly need more of that if it's what's really great for kids. One of the things before we jump off of here, because we're going to be uh, unsupervised today because we're doing a lot of different things this morning, as you know. One of the things too, when we think about our book, and I love the fact that that's out there, I know that you also wanted to tell everyone that if we have an audio book, 
Yeah. Who should be reading for us? Now, I know that it really should be us, but if it's not us, who's going to play us in our book? Who do you want to play you? Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> shock. What a shock. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I want Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Look at Jennifer Squared. Jennifer Squared can be reading our audiobook when yeah. it goes wild in January. I think that I think the book will officially come out. I'm going to wager it's the last week of January. I know on Amazon it's saying the release will be February 23rd, but I'm thinking probably January. And all of our listeners out there, before we jump off of here, don't forget, if you're not signed up for the Well Summit in Illinois, the Women in Education Leading and Learning, Kate and I are going to be presenting at that summit and we'll be talking all about our book. We're going to have copies of the book there. Don't miss it. <clears throat> and be sure that you're getting out there and registering today because that is something in Illinois that will sell out. Yes, register, do it soon. We'll be there doing a Tammy talk or a Kate and Courtney talk and it's gonna be amazing. And we have a special guest on for you today. It is my assistant principal, Sarah Weeks. She is amazing. She hadn't say really nice things about me on here. So that's a disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah, well, of course she did. We're so excited to hear from Sarah. But before we get to Sarah, our Sparkle sister has sent some brand new Sparkle oh. Spotlights into us. So Good. without further ado, let's hear from the Sparkle sister, Dr. Bhavna Sharma Lewis with today's Sparkle Spotlight. Hi everyone, this is Bhavna Sharma Lewis with today's Sparkle Spotlight. Do you forgive and forget or do you hold on to grudges and let them grow? It's really a simple question but sometimes the answer is not so easy. I always find myself reflecting at this time of year, more and more so, especially as you look at your beautiful life that you live throughout the year. It's really a transformative moment when we realize the power of letting go and moving on. Letting go of people and habits that no longer serve our purpose or impact our lives positively. Just because you have a past with someone or something doesn't mean you need to bring them into the future. Just as a tree sheds its leaves each fall to make way for new growth, we too must release the weight that holds us back. This doesn't have to be a major event or a big blowout. This is simply a mindset embracing a liberation that opens up the space in your heart for more positivity, growth, and gratitude to flourish. So as we celebrate the holidays and the end of 2023, let's embrace our courage it takes to unburden ourselves with the people, things, and habits that don't serve our purpose and give grace and gratitude to live a life filled with kindness, appreciation, and love. This truly embodies my Sparkle On core values. Cheers to living your best life. Sparkle On. All right, everyone. We have a very special guest on today. She is in her 13th year of education. She was a Golden Apple Scholar. She was oh. a teacher. She was an assistant principal. And now she works at the best elementary school in Illinois. Isn't that right, Sarah Weeks? Woo-woo, River Valley. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that kind intro, Kate. You're very welcome. That is quite an intro. Okay, Sarah, we are so excited that you are here. So without further ado, tell us a little bit about yourself. And more importantly, what's your favorite drink? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask this. Um, I will start with a little bit about myself and then I'll get to my favorite drink. Um, a little bit about me is I, like Kate said, I have always known I wanted to be a teacher. So I applied for the Golden Apple Scholarship when I was in high school. 
I luckily got that scholarship and was able to attend all four summers of this Golden Apple program. You might have heard of Golden Apple. It's a program that celebrates teachers and leaders in education, but Golden Apple will like support teachers throughout their whole um, undergrad program, um, both financially and then giving them a lot of opportunities to be in the classroom, which is great. Uh, so I had a lot of experience with that. Like my first year of college, I had already been in the classroom quite a bit. So I had, I knew that this was for me and what I wanted to do. Then they supported me throughout the rest of that time. Um, I went to Concordia University, got my undergrad degree there, uh, became a EL teacher for middle school, but I always wanted elementary. So when that opportunity, I stayed in the same district, when that opportunity arose in Minooka, I took an elementary position, taught third and fourth grade for eight years and absolutely loved it. Um, that was my jam. That was my favorite thing. I loved EL as well, but being in the elementary setting was what I loved the most. Within that, though, like I started taking on more leadership opportunities and was encouraged. I know you guys talk about this a lot, um, encouraged by some other women in my life to seek out leadership, leadership positions. So I um, continued to do that. I went to grad school. Um, my first time I went for curriculum and instruction, then I went back to get my leadership degree. And the opportunity presented itself for me to become AP at my elementary school that I had taught at for so long. Um, so I took that. I um, then joined Kate on the team here at River Valley, and I'm so happy I did that and took that that leap of faith. And that's where I am right now is um, at River Valley with Kate, and it's been great. She has to say that. Of course. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't she say that? But I love the fact that we have two women administrators together in a building. We always talk about you can't be what you can't see. And I know that Kate is really passionate about that, but to see the two of you together and I watch stuff that you guys do on Twitter, it's pretty cool. I, I, I even saw your Halloween costumes. Can we talk about that? Whose idea was that? That was actually like, because- We had a lot of ideas, yeah. But we kind of kept going around and around and around and came up with the Barbie theme. And I borrowed that costume from my sister-in-law. So shout out to her. Um, <laughs> it did not give us much walking room, like walking around in the parade with that was not the most enjoyable, but it kept us warm. So it was great. Yeah. yeah. The River Valley parade goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Yeah. You guys were, <laughs> you guys were just walking, I'm sure, but you looked great and we love that, but you didn't tell us what your favorite drink yeah. is. Laura. Oh, I will get to that. Sorry. Uh, my favorite drink is, I, I like a lot of things, um, as Kate knows. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite would have, my go-to is a glass of red wine, Pinot Noir. Very yeah, good. Classy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Weeks, what does unsupervised leadership mean to you when you hear that? I think it means not being afraid to take a risk. It means you know, we make a million decisions a day and reflect on those decisions, but you have to make decisions right then and there. And I think it's just being afraid to like, or not being afraid to make a decision, go with it, learn from your mistakes when you need to, but just making those decisions and then taking a risk. And that's one thing I think Kate and I do well is we throw a crazy idea out there, like something that Maybe other people might shoot down, but I think we go for it and we try it. And if it works, great. 
if it doesn't, then we, we learn from that. Good. Because you're unsupervised. Yeah. <laughs> right. For sure. So tell us what is the best part about being an assistant principal? Let's just start there. What's the best part? I think the best part is all the interactions that I have on a daily basis. Not, no one, like two days are ever the same. I get to hang out with the kids. I get to hang out with my staff and I get to see the families every day. So I would say just the people aspect of it. I'm a people person. So that aspect is great. And I just, I really do love working with kids and I feel like they teach us so much each and every day. And it's just a great part of my job. What do you think is the hardest part? I think we wear so many hats and it is being everything for everyone and making all those little decisions all day long that you really have to be everything for everyone. And it's, that's draining. It's great. And you learn so much, but it's draining. And it's, that's the hardest part is to try to keep that up every day, all day long. So when you think about that, we, I'm sure that we have lots of listeners who are sitting in classrooms right now thinking, I don't know if I want to be an administrator. I don't know if I do. Um, what advice would you give to people who are contemplating whether or not becoming an administrator is for them? I think my advice would definitely be to um, go for it, but have people in your corner that you can talk to, talk things through, talk scenarios through, and just a support have a really good support system. Because I don't think you can really do the job effectively and well if you don't have that support system. And I'm not just talking like, a colleague. I'm talking family too. You need to have it all around. Okay. So what people probably don't know about you, Sarah, is something that I think is so aspiring, especially for people listening to this. So Sarah has two twin little girls and they are a handful and they are beautiful and they're so great. But the the best part about Sarah is she doesn't ever give herself enough credit or talk about this. I don't think to other staff members or parents or just like women in general that are thinking about leadership because we get people that call in or write to us all the time about, I want to go be an assistant principal, but what if I have kids or I have little kids or I have whatever. And you actually had twins and then became an assistant principal right away. So you didn't even like make a step or a stop or anything like that. (laughs) And um, if you could talk to our listeners a little bit about that and what you see as the greatest challenges for working moms and what are some things we can do to help people in that role. The funniest part about this is when I went to grad school, I was like, I'll be, you know, assistant principal or principal like in years, like years down the road. And then, you know, the first week of grad school, I found out I was pregnant. And then like the third week of grad school, I found out I was pregnant with twins. And um, so I always joke that the girls have part of a master's degree because they also sat in all those classes with me. (laughs) Um, But that being said, it is a difficult balance, but it's also such a rewarding balance. And I want to be that like inspiration for my kids. I want them to see that you can do hard things and take on things that maybe you don't think you're ready for. Cause I'll I'll tell you, I did not think I was ready for it when I initially took my first AP job. Uh, You just, maybe it was a confidence thing or I thought I was taking on too much, but you can do it again. It's a support system that you need to have, but 
if you have the mindset and you have the skill set, you can do anything that you want to. And for me, that was taking on a leadership role. And for me, that was, you know, still having a family and balancing that all. And it's a huge balancing act, but mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And like the first week of school, when the kids came back, I remember saying to you, Kate, like, this is why we're here. This is like, this is what like the school hustling and bustling, like summer is like great. Cause everyone can reset, but it, it gets boring without the kids and there's still stuff to do. Don't get me wrong. But once those kids come back in and we're working with, and the teachers, once the teachers come back in the building, it's like, okay, this is what we're here for. This is what we love. And I can't imagine doing anything else. And I hope my girls grow up and like are proud of that. And Mm-hmm. They will be. <laughs> yeah, they for sure will be. And there's nothing better. I appreciate you saying that. We don't think about that when it comes to leadership, but there's nothing better than having kids and families and staff back through the entire year. And then for an administrator, it's like that first week you're like, okay, I, okay, I can breathe again. And then you're bored out of your mind. Like, okay, I mean, there's not that there's not a ton of stuff to do, but it's a different feeling. I appreciate you saying that. It's a different feeling when kids and teachers and the staff are in those buildings every single day. So you can tell that you love kids. And that's really what it's about. Kate and I talk about this all the time. You should not be in education if you don't love children. Yes. Yeah. Correct. You know? Yeah, Yeah. we don't say it enough, but it's actually true. So Sarah, what do you think is the biggest misconception about you? Oh, that's a good one. I think that sometimes I, when Kate can chime in, in a situation, I feel like I take it in and I try to be as like calm as possible. And then I react. I don't have like a reaction right away. So maybe that people could take that as, like, is she really hearing me? Does she get what I'm trying to get at? Is she, is she fully like on board with what I'm saying? And so I just take a minute, I take it all in and I try to get all the facts and all the information all over, um, before I make a decision and before I, you know, proceed. So I think that could be a misconception about me. But I also think that that's a strength because I feel like I can stay calm, cool, and collected in a stressful situation too. Yeah. Versus overreacting or making judgment before you have all of the information is what I'm hearing you say. That's a good one. I don't think we've had that one before, Kate. No, we haven't. But you know what another misconception is, is that Sarah is my sister. All the students here think that she's my sister and they're like, where'd your sister go? (laughs) Yeah, we, I get called Miss Coach on the daily. And so I just like, I used to correct it and I'm just like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, guys? Um, Okay, Sarah, five years from now, where do you see yourself? I hope in five years to be a principal Mm -hmm. or still being an AP with you, that, because that would be awesome too. But if I'm talking about like my long term goals, your goals, I, hope to be a principal someday. And I also hope to get my doctorate. I just am trying to decide on timing. <laughs> well, listen, we would love to continue that conversation. Wouldn't we, Kate? We would. I tell her all the time, when are you going? When are you <laughs> going to go back? She's like, oh, you just asked me this last week, but it's because you can do it. 
yeah. and you should do it. I would love to be Dr. Weeks someday, but we yeah. will see when that, when that happens. So tell us some F4 leaders that we should all be following. Okay. So Dr. Stab, Tiffany Stab, she is the assistant superintendent in Manuka. When I was under her, she had become assistant superintendent my last year with her, but she was the director of special education there. And she was just a wealth of knowledge. Any question I had, it would get answered within like two seconds. She'd be emailing me at 10 PM with, you know, all this information. She was just so helpful. Um, and she also was a leader that just led by example. Like she was a quiet leader led by example was always there for us when we, when we needed something and she would get in the buildings. And I just love that about her. Another one is Sarah Monroe. She is a principal that I worked with out in Manuka as well. She's at Walnut Trails and she is a phenomenal leader. She's the one that really encouraged me, um, to initially like even think that this was going to be something for me. I, I honestly pictured myself being a teacher long, way longer than I, I still was a teacher for a long time. Don't get me wrong, but I kind of saw myself like, oh, later in my career, I'll be a principal. Um, and she really saw that in me and saw that I could be a leader and really encouraged me. So thank you to Sarah Monroe. And then um, third, I just absolutely adore and love Dr. Tickner. She is the superintendent of Lamont High School. Um, so school district 210. And she is just phenomenal. And she's been uh, so helpful to me. Just any, whether it's life advice or school advice, she's great. Yeah. So thank you to all three of them. If they are listening to this, which they should be. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need to tell them to listen if they're not, we're going to air this at school for people so that all the kids can hear you. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> it's going to be our Friday morning music. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to hear my sister on the podcast? They'll be like, me. They'll be like, which one are you again? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? I know. they. And now that I made my hair a little bit darker, so I think that's helping. I think my hair's getting darker for the winter, though, too. So maybe I should go get highlights. We can <laughs> be a little yeah. different. Right? Well, Sarah, listen, we appreciate you coming on Unsupervised Leadership, sharing a little bit about yourself most importantly saying that you like working at River Valley with me. So that's important too. <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, but we appreciate everything you do for the students and staff here every day. So it's a unique situation that you get to be on here and that we actually get to work together. And I'm not interviewing someone that I'm just newly becoming best friends. <laughs> well, thank you both for having me on the podcast. Um, and I do, I want to shout out Kate too, because I don't think Kate ever gives herself enough credit either and she is just phenomenal to work with and um, I appreciate your guidance and leadership every day so oh you're so sweet Sarah thank you you are welcome Courtney you're great too oh thanks I appreciate it okay. yeah this is just a big love fest everyone's <laughs> feeling great about this so if you are listening which you should be you should follow Sarah Weeks on Twitter. Do you want to tell everyone your twiddle, twiddle, Twitter <laughs> handle? <laughs> yes. Um, I am on Twitter, AP Sarah Weeks. Beautiful. Follow me there. Great. All right, everyone, go follow Sarah. Follow Dr. Staub, Sarah Monroe, and Mary Tickner if you haven't already. And we are looking forward to next week. And Sarah Weeks, thank you so much for coming on. 